This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, coming back at you for the next couple hours, coming off the heels of the fifth quarter, the extra fifth quarter. I think that's what they were calling it. My man Jason Fitz and Eddie Pascal holding it down for JT the Brick, your boy Q and DeMond Cotton. We're going to hold it down for the next couple hours. And I'll tell you, and I told DeMond before the show started, we're coming in hot today. We're coming in like heavy hitters. And DeMond just laughed and said, I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. That's what we're doing. We're coming in hot. I'm fired up. We're ready to go. We have a stud lineup of uh, good guests that we have. We have some good audio to get to on today's show. And we got some news and notes to get to. Plus, of course, we want to get your feedback as well throughout the course of the show. 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. And I'm going to throw out the question before I tell you anything else. The question today, because the owners' meetings have been going on the last two days in New York City. Mark Davis is there. And Mark Davis actually talked to the media. Talked to him for a pretty lengthy amount of time. And we all know everything that shook out a couple weeks ago, Mark Davis did not speak to the media. He talked. Talked to Paul Gutierrez and said, hey, um, you know, I have no comment. Ask the NFL. They know everything. Well, he backed off of that stance today and he spoke. He spoke to the media for about 12 to 15 minutes and you'll hear that in its entirety. I'm so fired up and pumped up about it. I mean, I've listened to it three or four times, but you're going to hear it. If you haven't heard the whole thing, you will hear it in a matter of minutes. So I want to start things off with this question and I want to hear from you immediately. As I mentioned, we have a lot of good guests coming up on the show that we're going to get to, but we we always want to have time to get your feedback on the Sam and Ash text line and also the Raider Nation listener line. So the question today, what do you feel is a fair resolution to the Washington football team investigation? What do you feel is fair? We already know how it shook out for the Raiders. They weren't even the team under investigation. I've really stayed away from this topic for the most part. We talked about it briefly, but now that you heard, or now that I heard Mark Davis speak today, it kind of got me fired up and got me ready to go and, and, and speak on this subject. So, I would just like to know and hear from you. What do you feel would be fair? What can the NFL do at this point? If anything, I'll go ahead and throw that out there. If anything, now that this Washington football investigation is is going on and you've seen the ramifications that the Raiders have had to deal with already at this point, 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line and the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Hit us up, let us know. Coming up on the show today at 2.30, Daniel Lust, sports attorney, he's really good. He, he breaks it all things down when it comes to everything going on legally in the sports world. So you can see a theme going on here with the show, right? There's a theme going on today. We're going to get all kind of angles of this subject. We're going to talk about this, and we're going to dissect it, and we're going to break it down. So Daniel Lust will join us at 2.30. Then at 3 o'clock, Pat Leonard from the New York Daily News. Uh, he covers the sports, obviously, for them. He covers the Giants like a, a, a glove. He was in attendance at the owners' meetings, and he actually is the one who provided the sound that you're going to hear from Mark Davis, his full presser that he had. And I'm treating this like I would treat, you know, Mike Mayock when he steps up to the podium. All of a sudden, uh, it's something that's so important that you just need to go ahead and, 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 and put it up and let Mike Mayock go. You know, I mean, there's very, it's very few times when I just go ahead and run a full presser. But if it's something real major, something big, 
I definitely want to do it. So that's what we're going to do. Pat Leonard, New York Daily News. He'll join us at 3 o'clock to talk about what he saw and what he heard at the owners' meetings in particular from Mark Davis. Then at 3.30, we'll shift our our, our energy and we'll talk to Paloma Villacana. Uh, she does all things sports for Fox 5 Vegas, uh, host of the Reb Zone. She does a really good job of that. And, Damon, I don't know if you know, but uh, UNLV has a pretty big game coming up this week, uh, a rival game, to say. Uh, it's, it's the game for the cannon, man. How you feeling about this one coming up this week? I have so much disdain for UNR that this is, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if you can only win one game of the season, I would want it to be this one. Even though I'm not going to be there in Reno, right. I would prefer, it was like, hey, you got you can only get one win on the schedule. Which one would you want it to be? Well, maybe beat Iowa State, you know, because they're ranked or, no, 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 no. Give me Reno. <laughs> Give me the cannon. Give you. Give you UNR, and, and I think I've told you before, this show is called Unnecessary Roughness, but the initials was going to be UNR, and I was told quick, fast, in a hurry, nope, we can't do that. <laughs> can't have UNR initials because of uh, University of Nevada, Reno, when, uh, who the, be on the Rebels show? will be playing this week. Be like, oh, Damone, you do that show, UNR? No, I don't. <laughs> you wouldn't even want to be part of that show? <laughs> no, nah, not a show titled UNR. I, you know how sometimes it's just like you don't even know why, like, as a kid you have dis that disdain or, like, you don't like that team? I remember even, like, the guidance counselor was just like, oh, yeah, they're doing, like, tours of the college up in Reno. Would you like me to sign you up? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you are not one happy camper. You would not be too happy with that. I understand. Well, Paloma will join us coming up at 3.30 to talk all things UNLV as they attempt to get their first win, not this year, but in the Marcus Arroyo era. Uh, they've had some cl close losses, some tough losses. Uh, we'll break down all things UNLV, the Rebels. We'll do that at 3.30 with Paloma. She does a great job. Uh, but again, we want to hear from you coming up in about 10 minutes. We're going to hear from Mark Davis, his uh, presser that he had. It wasn't really a presser. It was more like he was just sitting in a chair. And what we do as media guys, we grab our phone or our recorders and we just kind of huddle around and then we talk and, and we listen and we record. And that's really what uh, shook out in this situation. And like I said, it was about 12 to 15 minutes. So we're going to play that for you uh, in a few minutes. Matter of fact, less than 10 minutes, we'll play that for you so you can hear it and you can get your own uh, your own opinions. And I'm telling you, I, I, I've mentioned it multiple times that I, I would have loved to hear from Mark Davis already in this situation with the local media. I wish he had talked to Paul. I wish he had talked to Vic. I wish he had talked to Vinny. I wish he had talked to, to Sean and everyone else that's involved, Hondo and everyone else that's involved in this, uh, you know, and just kind of gave his feelings, but he didn't. So when I heard this, it really made my ears perk up. I, I really thought this was, um, you know, pretty, I don't want to say super thought out, but just kind of on the fact that it was on the fly and, and the way that it shook out, it was pretty interesting to me. So again, you're going to, you're going to hear that in a few minutes. I do want to hit up the Sam and Ash text line and Damon, you could tell me uh, when we have a, a caller on the line that wants to get their feedback in again, 702-365-9200, but the Sam and Ash text line wide open, like some old school TV antenna, 69187 keyword R and R. Hey, this is James in KC. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, hey, this is James in KC's cut demon might take on the whole thing is that the nfl should have to release all the emails that they have and any other head coach or any other person that is incriminating emails as bad as gruden's or not even nearly as bad uh as gruden should have to fall on the sword they should have to clean house if they want to be transparent it cleans house completely just might take you guys are doing an awesome job keep it up i'll just assume that that was a text to talk or a talk to text because it came up a little a little um messed up but I, I kind of get the gist of it. Basically, uh, what James was trying to say is that he just wants transparency and wants to know 
uh, what else is going on. You know, if you're going to clean house or you're going to, you know, make the Raiders clean house, then go ahead and and you should have to do the same thing. I believe that's exactly what he's trying to say on that text. Got another one that says, I want full 100% transparency having to do with the findings of the investigation into the Washington football team. That way we can make sure everyone gets punished and not just John Gruden because it reeks of a cover-up. I like that. Here's one from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q, on the real, what I think should be fair, the Washington football team should be demoted to Pop Warner football or Powder Puff football. No, it's not actually fair to either Pop Warner or Powder Puff football. Mark Davis has every right to feel the way he feels, and I'm all on board with it. The Washington football team organization from top, starting with Dan, Dan Snyder, is a disgrace. Again, that's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yeah, I mean, the thing about it that I, I don't even want to say it makes me angry, but the thing about the whole Dan Snyder situation, as far as I'm concerned, is everyone knows how much money he has and everyone knows that he's paying and all the rest of the owners are paying the commissioner's salary. It just seems like he got a slap on the wrist and Hey, there's nothing to see here when clearly there's plenty going on with the Washington football team. You've heard uh, the cheerleaders that are part of litigation. You've heard them come out and say, Hey, look, we want our names to be put out there. You know, Roger Goodell said uh, yesterday at the owners meetings that, you know, he can't, he can't put people's names out there. He can't, say certain things because it's in litigation and they're like no 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 that's not true that's not true raj so there's a lot of people that want to get transparency uh mailman raider said the whole snyder family needs to be out straight up needs to sell the team like what happened with the old clippers owner and you know i like that mailman raider i like that text and the thing about it is it's it's so crazy that they allowed the nfl allowed the 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 move of power the shift of power from dan snyder to his wife like come on are you serious? I mean, like, that's 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 what you did? You're telling me that Dan Snyder's not involved in the day-to-day of everything because his wife is is now in charge? Come on, give me a break. You know, I, I thought that that was, that was terrible. That I mean, that just reeked right there. That absolutely reeked. So uh, I'm not saying that they have to uh, sell everything like the Clippers owner did, but, man, there, there's got to be something, right? It's got to be something more than what's going on. The only thing that's going on is Dan Snyder had to pay a fine and then hand over – and over like the day-to-day operations to his wife. Uh, got a got a text from James and KC again. He said, "Yeah, it was talk to t- talk to text. Sorry, no problem. I, I hey man, believe me, that's not <laughs> the first time I've gone through a text and had no idea what it said, but I kind of understood what you were talking about. So, uh, thank you for that, Demond. We got time to get to a call or two real quick. Uh, we don't have any calls in, but I did want to bring up something very interesting. Um, I follow Emily Applegate on Twitter, and she is one of the women who would be been a part of like the Washington football team scandal. Okay." But what she's saying is that they do want it to be reported. And I saw a tweet where she doesn't want the report from the NFL. They want the report from Beth Wilkinson, the woman who actually presented the report from the, to the NFL. So I, I love that point because I don't want to hear what the NFL has to say about the report. I right. want to know what the person who actually came up with the report, what did you find? Because I don't want the yeah, NFL no, to be able to water it down or tamper it, change right. any of the language. Because it's one of those, it just seems so off. Oh, just give us a verbal report of all of your findings, and we'll just let it go from there. Right, and and you know it's funny. I'm glad sense. you brought up the verbal, the verbal part of it, and we'll talk to Dan Lust at two thirty about the verbal part of it. Uh, what I experienced when I was covering Baylor and they had their big scandal was when the big report was done. It was also done verbally. There was what they claim was nothing written which doesn't make any sense because lawyers, and I'll ask Dan Lust this when we talk to him, lawyers want to write things out because it takes longer and it's, they get paid by the hour for the most part. You know what I mean? Like they're going to make more money if they write everything out. So a, a oral report is not, is not what most lawyers even want to do. So, I mean, you know, and investigators even want to do. So it was real suspect, but that's what Baylor did too. Their investigation, it was all 
it was all a, a oral report instead of you know instead of a finding of uh, of facts and actually have it written down so i always thought that that was strange and then as soon as i heard this situation they said well actually there's no report it's all done orally which basically to me means well we don't have to show anything because there's nothing to show you know what i mean it's basically a cop out so yeah, it's one, that's a good it's point. one big cover up i hate to say it so like sinisterly but then you have the other owners that are like, no, nah, I think they were justly punished, Roger Goodell. I think that the like the punishment meets the crime or whatever. And it's just like that was that no, was Jerry Jones. And of course, Jerry Jones is going to try to be super cool about it. Yeah. Daniel Snyder. Yeah, he was he was held accountable. Was he was he Jerry? Find you know, that and 10 it's, just, million. it's these guys taking care of each other. And, and look, this is the thing. Was Gruden wrong? Absolutely. Did he, you know, get what he deserved? Absolutely. So not trying to defend that, but it's just He's Nino Brown it's in so this bizarre, and especially now that they've had the owners' meetings. It's so bizarre that an investigation that's leading to, you know, about one team uncovers everything about another team, and then all of a sudden when the, the other team reacts and has to do what they have to do, everything's like case closed. All right, that's all. That's all we got from this. Nothing to see here. So I find that really bizarre. But coming up next... When we come back, you're going to hear that Mark Davis presser from New York, from the owners meeting. Uh, my guy, man, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm excited about this. My guy, Pat Leonard, uh, was on the scene. He's going to join us at 3 o'clock to talk about it. But uh, he had the whole thing documented, the whole uh, about 12 minutes of uh, Mark Davis talking to the media. He got that documented. You'll hear that next. You're on Unnecessary, Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 2.15 is the time. Coming up at 2.30, we'll be talking to Dan Lust. He talks all things legal and all things sports. So a lot of sports legality is going on right now. We'll talk to Dan about that coming up at 2.30. But earlier today, owner Mark Davis was in New York, owners' meetings, day two, and he met with a bunch of reporters, including Pat Leonard, and had an opportunity to talk about everything going on. This is really the first time you got to hear an extended uh, talk from owner Mark Davis. So here's that conversation. Like, it's been a couple of weeks since John resigned. Um, your feeling of how all that played out, though, the emails becoming public, all of it? Like, Well, I, I, I don't want to get into all of it, but, you know, the Raiders have always stood for diversity, inclusion, social justice. It's in our DNA. Uh, the emails that John had sent didn't reflect that. Um, I've never seen John exhibit any of those things in, in practice with the Raiders. But uh, just the, uh, he's no longer the coach of the Raiders. Um, it was something that had to be done. It didn't represent what the Raiders stand for. And, uh, it seemed like at the time like you were a little upset with the way the league handled it. Well, I'm not going to get into that right now, but it's a, it's a timing issue. And uh, that's probably what the, the, the disappointment at my head I had. Well, the fact that they may have known about it a couple of months beforehand and didn't let us know that. Um, we weren't informed until, uh, I guess it was that Thursday, heard it from the Wall Street Journal initially. And it was a rumor. They didn't wouldn't give us the uh, email at that time. The Wall Street Journal wouldn't. Uh, we spoke to the league later on that afternoon. And uh, by Friday, they started getting us all the information, spoke with the commissioner and those things. But um, I believe that if we'd have gotten the information earlier in the, uh, you know, in the summer, when they when they learned about it, it would have been a lot lot easier for everybody involved. Do you feel like you were treated unfairly, like based on like? No, I'm not going to get into any of that. We're Raiders, you know. We're we're used to this, and that's just about what our life is about. But uh, it is disappointing, and just the whole thing with John, you know. Again, um, it's just life. 
How do you think generally the league has handled the Washington football team investigation and the fact that John so far is the only person? I can't get into that because the only thing we've seen is the uh, emails that John had. And uh, we haven't seen any of the others and anything else. So that's basically why my, you know, again, what I had said initially was that, you know, ask the NFL. They've got all the answers. We really don't. So... Do you accept the punishment of the Washington football team? I know you don't want to get into it, but just... Um, I, as far as do I accept... I, I, I didn't get punished, so I don't know if I accept well, of, anything. Of, of a, of a I, I honestly don't know. Um, these things are, you know, they're fluid. And uh, Would you like a, a written report to be able to decide on, on your own? As far as what what happened with Washington? Correct. Um, I'm not so sure that that's my, my focus per se, but yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, somebody should be looking at this. Um, and I think the league feels that it's been looked at. They, they claim that nobody said anything or anything else has been like that. They've seen all the emails. They've seen everything. We have not. How much responsibility do you feel as an owner to ensure that another owner in the league who might be accused and guilty of horrible behavior is, is not allowed to remain in that position? That's, that's a really good question, and I'd have to answer that on a case-by-case -case basis. Jerry Jones said a moment ago that all the owners were in agreement that the punishment levied against Dan Snyder was adequate. Is that true? Did the, how much did the owners discuss the situation, and are they in agreement that Dan Snyder has been held accountable? Um, I don't know what all the others think. How much was it discussed at the owners' meetings? Uh, when? Just over the last two days. Um, as far as the Dan Snyder thing? Mm -hmm. uh, not, not, I, I don't think that it was a major source of, of conversation. And just, can you speak to what Carl Massage is, is currently feeling, how he's doing? I know... After well, that's something that's very important to me is in the, uh, the uh, I guess, the LBGT community. Um, I have a, the ACES basketball team now, and that, that uh, is about 90% African-American women with a large LBGTQ uh, constituency and community. And uh, so I feel a very strong for helping helping in that regard and all that and Carl as well um, thank you very courageous coming out and uh, playing his ass off right now that's pretty good who do you think who do you think is leaking these emails I have no idea I don't I have no idea I'm hoping you guys will tell me have you looked into it um, why don't you guys tell me all who right do you think the benefits um, I don't have any of the answers I really don't Mark, so. How would you describe where the league is right now after what happened to your team? How would you describe where the NFL stands? I, you know, I really can't describe it. I know where the Raiders stand, and that's where we'll always stand. And that's that's really all I can speak to. Mark, why did Mark Devane and Ed Villanueva and Brandon Dahl resign? Um, I think it's uh, pretty much clear now, or I don't know if it is clear now, but uh, it was uh, accounting irregularities that took. That's why if you see the CFO left. The uh, uh, the controller left, and the president left. That's what it was. Can you elaborate on the nature of those irregularities? Um, no, but I will say it wasn't not paying enough taxes. It kind of we overpaid our taxes, but that's one of the probably the good good things about it. But uh, so you paid more than you owe. We we paid more than we owe. Yeah. How much? Well, I don't want to get into that. So you're actually owed right money now. back. Uh, not necessarily because there are statutes of limitations. Is so. this related to an Oakland matter? Uh, it may have started in Oakland. And these resignations were forced resignations? Well, I, 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 I don't want to categorize them. You can categorize them. Is that a fair characterization? I would say it might be. How would you describe the, the, these two-day meetings? Uh, it was great to see everybody again. You know, we hadn't seen each other. I think they had it 600 days or something like that. Um, 
you know, we got to talk about the uh, collective bargaining agreement and the uh, new television contract, which gives stability to the league for the next 10 years or so. And I think that's really, really big for us. And again, we have a lot of other things to work on as well. But uh, I think that's what the uh, consensus was. What are your thoughts on Sunday ticket? What's that? What are your thoughts on Sunday ticket? Haven't heard much about it, you know? Mark, what went into your decision to let John coach that Sunday game before then? The um, what it was is, you know, like I say, we, we found out about it Thursday by from the Wall Street Journal. We didn't hear about it from the league. We heard about it from the Wall Street Journal. Um, they wouldn't give us the uh, email at that time, so we didn't really have that. It was a rumor to us. We then spoke with the league. They did say that they had that and they had other, other emails. We didn't see those until Friday at that time. And I wanted to do the due diligence. I wasn't going to just rush to judgment on John. And uh, so we went through the process. We talked to a lot of the alumni. We talked to a lot of uh, players. We talked to a lot of the people that were involved in the situation and came to the decision. Mark, and, have, you uh, spoken to, have you spoken to John since he left the Absolutely, office? yes. What, what, are, what are your conversations? How would you describe those conversations? Well, he's hurt. You know, he's really hurt. And uh, I understand that. But he understands the uh, ramifications of what he said. Um, his family, you know, Deuce Gruden's still working with the Raiders, uh, still the strength coach. And, uh, you know, I love the family of John and, uh, you know, just things. We all have demons in our lives. And uh, you have to understand that. And then you have to also look at redemption as well. Yeah, he, he is. Yes, absolutely. What were the events of Monday? I know you just explained Thursday, Friday. Into well, exactly. And then after the game on Sunday, I'd spoken with John, and we said, let's not talk about it emotionally right now. Let's talk about it tomorrow. And we spoke about it during the day Monday afternoon. It wasn't based on any, uh, uh, was it the New York Times article? That had nothing to do with it. It's, there's a lot of things you have to get done uh, in something like this. you got finance, you got legal, you got all these different things. And talking with his agent, uh, talking with John, trying to determine how we are going to go about it. So that was most of the day on Monday. Settlement has been reached. Yes. When, when teams go through this sort of thing, sometimes they will start a coaching search in the middle of the season. Are you guys starting your coaching no, we're No, we're not even in that, that space right now. We're trying to win this season. Uh, we've got a good coach. Rich Versace is really a good coach. Uh, he's done a good job so far, and uh, we're just going to try to control what we can. Obviously, Mike Mayock was hired by, by you know, in part by John, um, or he was part of the hiring process with him. Yes. Would you? Where does Mike stand with the organization? Mike is the general manager of the Raiders. Do you feel like, like do you feel like he's the guy going forward? I, I I'm not going to speak for the future, but uh, right now he is he is the general manager of the Raiders, and there's no reason why he shouldn't be in the future. Back to you saying everybody has demons. You know yes. that might be true, right? Yes. Where's Where's the line of demarcation for? For ownerships in terms of conducting themselves in, in a way that's responsible. I mean, you're. Oh, I think I think that, that we always have to control ourselves in a responsible way. There's no question about it. When you're in leadership, it's very important. So when you see reports of another owner behaving in a way that doesn't align with those standards, why would NFL ownership not come out publicly and, and denounce and that? And who person? are you speaking of in, in particular? Dan Snyder in the Washington. Oh, okay. Well, I think the league came out and spoke. Fairly forcefully on either, but again, we weren't privy to any of the uh, reports, anything per se. 
right. that was that handled you, by the league. Now that you know, do you feel like ownership maybe needs to take a, a, a firmer stance on, it, on ensuring that an owner like that that's accused of such things wouldn't be able to show up to games or potentially get back involved with the organization? I mean, where, does, wow. where do the other Yeah, that's a, that's a real good question. I don't know. I really can't answer that at this time, but I do think social responsibility is very important. Mark, do you think it's such a... Do you think it sets a bad precedent that a league investigation into one organization leads to more ramifications for other organizations than that one? Um, I, I don't know that that's the case. Uh, I don't know. I don't feel that we were targeted or anything like that. I just feel like the timing might have been a little bit off. I think that if we had known in, in July when the league knew about it, or in June when the league knew about it, that we could have done something before the season rather than in the middle of the season. Do you think Dan Snyder's ownership of the Washington football team should be evaluated? Um, again, I don't want to talk about other people, really. Again, I, I think, you know, the public needs to speak about it. Do I, do I want to speak about it? I don't. I really don't. Not at this time because I don't know enough. I didn't see the report. I didn't see what went on in, in Washington. I don't know. Do you want to see a written report? Um, probably, yeah. I, I think that there should be. Yeah. You Especially with some of the things that were, uh, I guess, uh, charged. Yeah, I, I believe so. I think people believe that, that deserve it. Especially the people that were, quote, victims. Do the owners have enough power to urge that kind of uh, report if, if they agree that that's something that, that they want more transparency? I don't know. I don't know. When you found out... When you found out about the emails, did you ask the league why you weren't made aware of it earlier when they first Well, I hadn't found out really until real recently exactly when they did know about it. But I had an idea that they did, and that's that's one of the things I wanted to... Before saying too much, and really I still don't know enough about it to say more, but, uh, you know, I wanted to get all the facts. Were you given a reason from the league as to why you weren't made aware of it? No, I was not. Did you or any other owners urge the league in these two days of meetings to produce a written report, as you're saying, um, needs to be done? Some of that is in a privileged session that I can't even speak about, so I won't. In, in privileged or unprivileged session, did you let your thoughts be known like you are here up there? Um, I, I'm not going to get into that, but I think maybe I might have said something. <laughs> So there it is right there. That was uh, owner Mark Davis at the owners meetings earlier today. It was the last two days there in New York City. And uh, a lot of, you know, I don't want to get into it, but then he doubled down with, you know, answers. And we didn't find out till late. And why didn't they say something in the summer? And, you know, that seems like it wasn't really more of, hey, the league is targeting us. Hey, they were trying to get rid of Gruden. It was like, why didn't we be, we were talked about. Why didn't they talk about this earlier why didn't we know about this in the summer when we could have actually had a real shake in trying to, you know, prepare ourselves and, and and do what they had to do? That's what it seemed to me more of the anger from him was about just the timing, uh, not really more of the, well, it's 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 unfair because it's the Raiders or they they hate us, even though he did make that comment of, well, hey, you know, we're used to this. We're the Raiders. So uh, we'll get into that. We'll break it down. Mike Mayock comments on him. We'll talk about that. But coming up next, Daniel Lust, sports attorney. You can find him on Twitter at Sports Law Lust. He'll join us to talk about everything going on in the sports world that has some legalities with it here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 
2.31 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Just heard from Mark Davis at the owners meeting in New York City earlier today. Had a lot to unpack, and we'll get to that in a few. But right now on the phone lines, we got our guy Daniel Lust, sports attorney. You can find him on Twitter at Sports Law Lust. And Daniel, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And have you ever seen a situation like this where a team like the Washington football team is under investigation and then another team gets affected in the way that the Raiders did where John Gruden ultimately has to resign. Not that he shouldn't have had to resign, but seems like that's kind of where the punishments end. Have you seen a situation like this before? I mean, it's kind of like getting hit with shrapnel, right? There was an explosion that occurred in Washington and somehow it ended up affecting, uh, you know, the Raiders. So, you know, they get caught in a little bit of the crosshairs. Um, you know, I, I think you sometimes see it in maybe uh, big institutional investigations, right? People kind of get brought in that aren't the subject of the investigation. That said, the unprecedented part, right? If you, uh, I'm sure a lot of the listeners are betting people, right? If you had to figure out who the, the fall guy was going to be from the Washington football investigation, you would not say John Gruden, right? That guy would be off the board. He would, he would be like plus a million, right? Uh, maybe Jake Gruden, right, brother who coached there for a period of time. That's potentially right. on the board. But you know, John Gruden getting uh, getting the axe from the Washington investigation, certainly uh, you know, unprecedented, at least in, in our sports circles. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really strange and bizarre, but that's where we are right now. And there's been a lot of people that are saying, hey, just release what you've found. Just release what's been uh, un- you know, discovered from the investigation. Do you think that there's a possibility or a way to make that happen? Yes. The short answer is yes. Um, you know, if you asked me about a week ago, I would say that the NFL, and it's similar to what, you know, we, we heard Goodell say yesterday at the owners' meeting, but that the NFL has no affirmative obligation to provide these emails. And if you're weighing two things, right, the bad PR that the NFL will receive by not releasing the email, that's maybe like a three out of ten, okay? Hashtag release emails, people will forget about it. Just, you know, it's, it's the truth. But on the other end of it, if they were to release the emails, what's the bad PR? It's like a 12 out of 10. We know there's going to be bad stuff in the emails. The question is, why would the NFL, and if the NFL could be ever compelled to give them, they're a private institution, right? It's not going to be something like Freedom of Information Act where you can get emails from a public institution like a college. That's not going to be employed here. But what we do have, um, which is our best hope here, Congress has entered the chat, right? Congress has sent essentially a demand for all books, records, emails, uh, anything associated with this Washington football investigation. They want it by November 4th, which is next week. And if the NFL doesn't comply, you know, um, subpoenas, there's certainly ramifications for doing that. I think we're going to have a world that we saw in the steroid trials way back when, right? We saw McGuire, Rafael Palmero. We saw those guys testify in front of Congress. Just a couple, you know, a couple months back at this point, we saw Mark Emmert at the NCAA level, the president of the NCAA, he testified in front of Congress. So maybe it's Roger Goodell's turn. I think that's uh, kind of where we're trending to at this point. You know, I, I've been comparing this kind of to the Baylor situation that I covered like a glove when I was in Central Texas. And, you know, they said that there's oral reports. There's not really written investigation. The findings weren't really written down. Uh, why would why would it be an oral report instead of written down by, by lawyers and investigators? Uh, Here's a, a great question, right? And, and I'm sure some of your listeners are familiar with what's going on with the Chicago Blackhawks and the NHL. Written report, allegations of institutional sexual assault within the organization, Written report, uh, not, not so dissimilar to what's going on with Washington football team. Um, you know, if you wanted to say, hey, that's the NHL, it's not the NFL. Uh, going back a couple of years, the Tom Brady Deflategate business, they hired a law firm to conduct an investigation. They issued a 200-page report, written report. So 
why wouldn't someone want a written report for the obvious reasons, right? You don't leave the paper trail. So it leaves some, uh, some kind of mystery as to what occurred, what was found. All we know is that Dan Snyder was hit with a, you know, a proverbial slap on the wrist. A $10 million fine for a billion-dollar owner is not much. And we don't really know what, what, if anything, occurred, right? There are allegations of sexual harassment um, involving Dan Snyder, the owner, like directly to him. Um, you know, stating back, you know, a couple of years, but there's also these allegations that a, uh, you know, we'll say a inappropriate video of cheerleaders was circulated uh, and maybe created for Dan Snyder. There's some commentary from people within the broadcast team and, and someone that was cooperating at least for a period of time. There's some really messy allegations, and we don't know what happened as a result of them. We don't know what Snyder was having to pay $10 million for, if it was related to sexual harassment, if it was toxic workplace. We have no clue. So to answer your question, right, why don't you put it in writing? So you leave people guessing, right? Maybe then that, there's that much less pressure applied to the owner to sell the team or all that. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what happened, but seemingly biting them in the, in the you-know-what because they're getting called to Congress to testify as to how the investigation actually occurred in the first place. Talking right now with sports attorney Daniel Lust here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And final question on this subject for you is, Roger Goodell came out and said he 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 felt the that Dan Snyder had been held accountable. Jerry Jones backed him on that and said he felt he he had been held accountable. What do you think when you hear that right there that accountability's been had by by Daniel Snyder? I think he, there might be accountability, but there's no transparency. What was he held accountable for? What, what was right. done wrong? Right? The NFL doesn't necessarily owe that to us, um, but if they want the noise to go away, and this is this is a radio show, and I do have something for you too, right? At a certain point. People are going to keep asking, right, what are the chances that John Gruden stopped sending bad emails in 2018, right? These are emails from 2011 to 2018. Mark Davis, right, might want to shut this down. He keeps having these comments that he's okay with Washington football team being more transparent about their investigation. He doesn't want someone to come up to, you know, Raiders HQ and say, hey, by the way, what was John Gruden sending from you know, the time he was hired until the present time? Maybe we should investigate your emails. So I, I, I think certainly there's an argument that Dan Snyder has been held accountable, maybe, if you're the NFL. Um, but you need that transparency to quiet the noise. People are asking more questions. It's not just the Washington emails they're going to want at a certain point. They're going to want to see the Raiders emails. And I, I think the NFL probably would be smart pressed to, to kind of cave on the Washington investigation and uh, you know, live to fight another day with the other football teams. Wow, that's crazy. But I didn't think about it from that angle. And that's why we have you on because, uh, yeah, you bring up some stuff that I hadn't even thought about. Now, Daniel, I did want to ask you about the Deshaun Watson situation. Of course, we know it's been an ongoing saga there in Houston with the Texans. And it looks like or sounds like he might get traded. But I don't know how a team could be comfortable trading for a guy that you just don't know what's going on with them with all the allegations that are out there. Is there some kind of language legally that a team could put into, you know, the trade conversation if, if it goes bad, like, hey, we can get our compensation back? I mean, it's so funny that you ask this. There's, there's been this weird dichotomy between sports media and sports lawyers as to the likelihood of potential trade. The report that's coming out now is that Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, you know, believe it if you want, but he's okay. Then they've agreed to some form of compensation. But that's contingent on his legal problems being cleared up by November 2nd. So, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think there's pick protections, but he's saying we're not going to do the deal unless everything's cleared up by November 2nd. Sports or any lawyers are going to tell you the criminal case is not going to be resolved in the next week, right? In the civil cases, the depositions aren't even supposed to start until after the Super Bowl. So uh, unless there's some act of God or the fix is in, right, I don't, that's not possible. Unless the DA is getting paid off somewhere by someone in the NFL to say, make the announcement that there will be no criminal case, it's not possible to get that type of clarity by November 2nd. So 
the signaling doesn't really make sense. It's, it, what the owner of the Dolphins asked for is not possible. So if you want to put pick protections in and say, hey, if he's criminally charged, you know, the first get, uh, you know, reduced to a third, a third round pick, or if the civil case continues into next season, the thirds become a fourth. You could do that, um, but it's very complicated to get done in, in less than a week at this point. So, yeah, I, I still think this trade is unlikely. And, I, and again, this is the, the PR level, too, right? Who is signing up for this PR nightmare? Who's giving up three first-round picks to get a guy who might not play in the next, in the next season? So, yeah, I, I just find it out on, on a number of levels that these, these reports, which not coincidentally, Q, are coming from Houston-based reporters. I, I think it's the Texans trying to send messaging that uh, – you know, trade is imminent for whatever reason, but I, I'm not sure I buy it. Right. No, I, I hear you on that. And, and, you know, the thing about it, and I've talked about it multiple times with this scenario, is I'm surprised that he hasn't been suspended or put on the commissioner exempt list. And I know there's no charges, but Roger Goodell and, and, and the, the offices there in New York City don't always need charges to, call, to, to put a guy on the, on the bench or, or suspend a guy, put him on the commissioner's exempt list. Are you surprised he hasn't been put on that list yet? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised the NFL's done nothing. They've done zero. And, and maybe part of that is because the Texans maybe acknowledged to them that they weren't going to play him. So they just kind of, you know, no pun intended, they punted it and they were going to deal with it at a later point in time. But I remember very well, and I'm, I'm sure you saw my tweet, you know, like 10 years ago, big, you know, Ben Roethlisberger had a sexual assault allegation, one accuser. The DA said that they were not going to pursue criminal charges. And then Roger Goodell uh, acted swiftly and, you know, they gave Ben a six-game suspension and said he had to go see a personal, I think, a mental health counselor or something like that. But, you know, you do not need, it doesn't say anywhere in the CBA or personal conduct policy that you need criminal charges in order to be taken off the field, be it the uh, formal suspension or the commissioner's exemplist. And you pointed out, the commissioner's exemplist was created for this purpose. Innocent until proven guilty. We're going to take you off the field. We'll pay you full salary. That's what Trevor Bauer is getting over in baseball. Um, but we'll take you off the field so that you're ineligible to play, but we'll still pay you. Uh, Sean Watson is, is as of today, and for the last seven weeks of the NFL football, eight weeks, has been eligible to play. Um, Texas just don't want to play him. So, yeah, it, it would be odd if he gets placed on the exempt list at this point, um, you know, when nothing has really changed in the last six months. So we'll see what comes of it. But, yeah, I, I find it odd that they didn't use it, and I, I would find it very troublesome if they decided to use it when his allegations haven't changed. And the guy's already been, you know, it's almost like a, in criminal court, too, right? Like you get, a, you know, time, uh, time served. The guy has basically been effectively suspended for eight weeks. Why don't you give this guy credit on the back end if he does get suspended? Right. Absolutely. No doubt about it. We're talking with Daniel Lust, sports attorney, right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And, and final question for you, and this is kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of off the, the, the beaten trail, but uh, the Cleveland Guardians are being sued by the <laughs> Cleveland Guardians. Uh, what is the scenario? How did this come about? How did the Cleveland Indians not realize that the Guardians were already a team and when they decided to go use their name? Q, I'm, I'm going to take some credit for this. People that follow my feed know that I've been on this for a couple months. Um, I, I, all, all I can tell you is this. Um, back in July, the Cleveland Indians announced that they were becoming the Cleveland Guardians. And I, you know, I, did, some, my, I did some Googling. I'm like, there really is a Cleveland Guardians. How is that <laughs> possible? There's a roller derby team with that same exact name. Then this roller derby team, for those who have not been following it, start posting on their Facebook, on their Instagram, on their uh, website, you know, that the season's coming up. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, but this team was not paid off. This team still exists. So how, how did it happen? It's only one of two scenarios. Either the Cleveland Indians, you know, for a billion-dollar franchise, never checked Google. They, did not, they were not aware <laughs> that this team existed. Or B, which might even be worse, they knew it existed, and they're like, you know what? It's a roller derby team. 
we're just going to steal their name and no one's going to worry about it. But that's why, too, you have people like me who are out there fighting the good fight and letting everybody know that this roller derby team existed. And I'm directing them to their store to purchase T-shirts. I bought one myself. Viva Roller Derby Team. I think that's uh, the, the motto of 2021. There it goes. I got to get one of those shirts myself. I'm not mad at that. I, I saw that story and I couldn't believe it that that they actually did that. But I remember you were on it right away when that announcement came out. That's Daniel Lust, sports attorney on Twitter, at Sports Law Lust, and here with us on Raider Nation Radio 920. Daniel, thank you so much for your time, my man. I do appreciate you. My, my pleasure. Happy to do it anytime. All right, there he goes. Daniel Lust, sports attorney. Uh, does a great job. You hear him on ESPN. You hear him on Fox. You hear him all over the country on sports radio, breaking down all the scenarios that are going on in the sports world and also lots of crazy stuff including the cleveland guardians are you going to get your cleveland guardian shirt on damon are you going to hook that up get to get that in a medium nah not for me oh come on man you can get you a little small shirt and you can squeeze into it and you can get your roller derby on you probably be a good roller derby guy i do like to skate see there boom look i'm putting two and two together i'm gonna get that for you for your christmas gift gonna get you a cleveland guardians roller derby in medium all right, let's go to break. <laughs> 244 is the time you heard the man. We'll take a break. We'll come back with your calls and text 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Yo, what's up? What's up, Raider Nation? It's your homie Too Short, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920, baby. Looking like I'm going to a Raider game. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. You're on Raider Nation Radio 920. Demond Cotton down, holding down the wheels of steel. Your boy Q coming up at 3 o'clock. Pat Leonard, New York Daily News, covers sports like a glove, covers the Giants like a glove. He was at the owners' meetings in New York. He'll join us to talk about everything that he saw and everything he heard from owner Mark Davis at those meetings. But right now, let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Got some really good, patient listeners waiting on, on us. 702-365-9200. Let's start off with Papa Meach. What's on your mind this afternoon? Hey, Damon. Hi, Q. Uh, look, this this stinks. The garbage is out, and it's stinking and reeking. Here's what I want to ask you, Q. You and I are lawyers, and we're told, okay, we want you guys to do an investigation, and we want you to go through 650,000 emails. And everything that says chocolate is referenced chocolate in these emails. We want you to pull those aside and investigate it. And you and I are sifting through all these emails. And, oh, we see something about John Gruden and what he said and all this stuff. Does that have to do anything to do with chocolate? No, but we're going to take that aside and put a special pin on it and keep it. Oh, an ESPN personality said some disparaging things and comments about uh, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, does that have anything to do with chocolate? No, nope, but we're going to put that on the side and put a little thing on it and then uh, save it for, you know, a rainy day. I mean, this is... <laughs> It's like the mafia or something. I mean, this is crazy stuff that's going on. How much other emails do they have of other people? Maybe, maybe an owner will be, uh, or somebody else will will say, "Hey, um, you need to step down and do this or that, or we're going to leak your emails." I mean, there's some junk going on here. I'm not happy, uh, and uh, I, I just think the whole thing stinks to high heaven. And uh, and so I hope it's investigated by Congress, but I don't think it's a multi-billion-dollar NFL. They'll get away with it, and uh, we'll just have to live with it. That's my feelings. I like it. I like it. Great call, Papa Meach. Appreciate you. I love the passion right there, and I agree with you. I think it stinks, too. I really do. I mean, it's one of those situations where, and I feel like Mark Davis is in a bad situation. He can't win. He can't win at all, and so he's kind of trying to take the high road, but at the same time, let it be known that he's pretty angry 
I saw this tweet from Troy. I thought this was cool. Mark Davis is the most relatable owner in professional football. I was a big fan of Al Davis, and his son is continuing that legacy. Mark is just like us, man. This is how the NFL owner should act. It's about the victims, not the team. Uh, I, that's that's a tweet from Troy. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, let's hustle back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Mike. What's on your mind this afternoon, my man? What's up, Q? What's up, D? Oh, God. Uh, I've been calling this crap since the moment it happened. Gruden did need to go. No doubt about it. We can't abide by that. But this was a contract hit. And the main line was targeted that uh, kind of concerns Carl Nassib uh, with Goodell, the homophobic comment. That's how that was triggered. And it's like the NFL's going, look over here. Look at this stuff over here with Gruden. Don't look at Snyder, the billionaire boys club. Don't look over here. Look at Chucky. And uh, it's, it's disgusting. It makes me want to puke. But guess what? It galvanized our team. It made us better. And just like in 1980, when Roselle looked like he was going to die giving the Super Bowl Lombardi trophy over to Al, we're going to do the same thing this year because we are pissed. You have angered the nation. But we're used to it, like Mark said in that interview. We're used to this. You've targeted us since day one. Al just wanted to get, get a good stadium in L.A. Even that was a piece of crap. What happened <laughs> as soon as he triggered that? Six teams moved. Six teams followed in Al's footsteps that he got trampled on paving that road. So I'm just frustrated Raider fan. D.C., rest of the team, just keep doing what you're doing. And at the end of the year, hold that, that Lombardi in Goodell's face. Hopefully his job is gone by then because he's lying, he's covering for Snyder, and it's, it's just BS. Thank you. like the call, man. I like the call. Good stuff right there. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. And uh, mail, Mailman Raider Max, not Mailman Raider. We got a lot of mailmen. I mentioned that before that listen to the show. Hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Does Roger risk his job to protect Dan Snyder? I don't think that they're hiding anything. And I'll say this. Dan Snyder's got some big pockets. And they, the owners, they pay Goodell's, his, uh, his, his salary. And his salary is large. So, um, yeah, I mean, he does, he does run a risk. But sometimes the, the reward is greater than the risk, if you know what I mean. And, and I, look, there's a lot to this. I don't have the answers. Uh, let me, let's put it like that. Let me go ahead and say that off top. I don't have the end-all, be-all answer to exactly what is being covered up, what isn't being released, why it's not being released, who put the hit out. I mean, even even Mark Davis was asked, do you know who's leaking these emails? He said, no, I don't. You guys go find it. And that's what we'll, we'll talk to Pat about in just a few minutes when he joins us at the top of the hour. But let's get to one more call. TR and Indy, what's on your mind this afternoon? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks to you, man. I'm fuming about this. I, I, I'm all for the Washington football team being held accountable, but I think the accountability we're missing here is Roger Goodell. I can assume you're either really smart or really stupid, Roger Goodell, and you either intentionally targeted this for the Raiders to bring him down or you weren't bad, good enough at your job to keep this email from Lincoln. So to me, I think we need an interim commissioner. If Gruden had to step down, I think Goodell needs to step down. I like it. I like it. You know, that's that could be something. I, I don't know how many owners would back that up because he makes them so much money. That's the thing about Goodell. Everyone wonders why he has so much power because he makes the league so much money. He makes all the owners so much money. So they're like, yeah, he's cool. 
he might come up with some crazy rulings and he might be very inconsistent. You know, we were talking to Daniel Lust about being on the you know, commissioner's exempt list. Remember back in the day when they, they suspended Zeke Elliott? Zeke Elliott never got in trouble for anything. He just got suspended because he pulled down a girl's top that was with him that enjoyed it. That was like, hey, cool, this is funny. We're at a parade. But he never got any kind of criminal charges. He, he never got any of that. But he was suspended for multiple games. There's so much inconsistency with the front, front office, and I don't mean with the team. I mean with the league. So much inconsistency. Pretty, pretty bizarre. Got a text from Raider J in Sacramento, and then we'll take a break. I think I saw Demon and ATL rollerblading with T.I. <laughs> Demon, you don't like that one? I regret letting anybody on this show inside my life, actually. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We got another one. If no, the NFL doesn't release one. the Gruden emails, they don't get the heat they're getting right now. They made their bed. Now they have to sleep in it. Again, that's Mailman Raider Max. I appreciate you. Uh, hey, Q, the NFL needs to release all the emails and really clean house. Otherwise, it's a cover-up. Okay. I like that. I, I love how deep deep diving we're going into that. Great stuff. Great stuff. Keep the keep the feedback coming. 69187, keyword R&R. That's 69187, keyword R&R. Sam Text line. Coming up next, we kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. We'll be talking to my guy, Pat Leonard. He was on the scene. He was the one responsible for that Mark Davis audio that you heard earlier in the show. We'll talk to him about everything he heard at the owners' meeting. We'll do it next here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.